Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the series Sexy Saturday and talk about the British actress Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss is a well-known actress. She's 52 years old, is 5'6", has hazel eyes. And most of you guys probably saw her. Her breakout role was in the old Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy. The Mummy. And her nickname growing up was she was the English Rose. And if you look at her, especially at her peak in the 90s, she had this look of very just pale white skin, the brunette hair, the thick, luscious lips. She looked like like a rose, like a blooming rose. And she was quite striking. And I remember seeing her in The Mummy. Because that was the first time I saw her. She had done roles before that. We'll go through her filmography in a second. But just seeing how striking she was. And it, it was around the same time that Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of got big with Mask of Zorro. And we're just like, God, who are these beautiful women? And, you know, it's Hollywood, right? So they're going to pick beautiful women. So Rice is just a gorgeous, gorgeous brunette and who has aged very well. She has aged very well, as expected, given that she is an actress. But she kind of has that look that is is beautiful... She is voluptuous, little exotic features, kind of like Eva Green, as we talked about previous, but she doesn't ever come off too meretricious, too, too, too slutty. She doesn't exude that. She exudes a more sophisticated sexiness at her peak. And perhaps it's just the, the kind of Queen's English, the King's English that she speaks, but she just comes out very refined, somebody that you could take to... A philosophs party, like the pre-French Revolution, you could take somebody to, uh, to hang out with the literati. But then she's just, just quite striking. She's quite strikingly beautiful. Now, her career is pretty impressive when you think about it. Because she does have two Academy Award nominations. She did win for The Constant Gardener. And she also got one for The Favorite not that long ago. The... The movie with Emma Stone and Olivia Coleman, and she's great in that as well. It didn't really take her long to get on the radar. She did Chain Reaction in 1996, which is a really, really bad Keanu Denzel movie. But you know, that's within a couple of years of starting her film career. She's already getting in these big movies, so that's not bad at all. Then she does a Bertolucci movie, Stealing Beauty. We had talked about Bertolucci in the filmography in Eva Green, where she does The Dreamers. Bertolucci has this thing for young women. So in Stealing Beauty, that's a 96 movie. It stars Liv Tyler as the the the, the ingenue. But it also has Rachel Weisz in a small role. And then, But really, it's not until 1999, The Mummy, where she kind of breaks big and is, is pretty famous. And that movie, of course, is very winning. It, it, it ages well. They, they, they don't really make movies like that anymore because now we have, of course, Marvel. 
But The Mummy is a great movie. And the sequels are okay. I think the second one is good. The third one I don't think I ever saw. I think that's the one that's got The Rock. But she does that in 1999. The next movie well-known is Enemy at the Gates. I do like this movie because it's history-based. So it's got the World War II and the Battle of Stalingrad as its backdrop. So that's the turning point, especially in the Eastern Theater in World War II, where Hitler invades the Soviet Union, which, of course, he shouldn't. He should have learned from Napoleon. And then the Soviets are able to push him back at Stalingrad. And that movie is Jude Law, and I think it's Joseph Fiennes, if I'm not mistaken. And, and they're the, the, two, the two main characters. And she is, I believe, a soldier. And she and Jude Law have a little sex scene amidst the fight. 2001, she does The Mummy Returns, which is, I think, is a great movie. 2002 is A Bad Boy. That's one of the Hugh Grant comedies done by the Whites Brothers. And essentially, that movie is pretty funny because Hugh Grant is essentially playing the cad that he is. Hugh Grant has has mentioned how he doesn't really get along with any of his co-stars. His female co-stars all can't stand him. But in this movie, he is essentially a cad who takes advantage of single moms because he knows single moms are easy, easy prey to, to get laid. And the movie also has Tony Collette and Rachel Weisz as the love interest and then Nicholas Holt. Is, is the young boy that he falls for. I think Tony Collette's not the love interest. I think Rachel Weisz is the love interest that, of course, tames his wild heart. 2003, she does The, the Runaway Jury, which has Cusack, John, John Cusack, Gene Hackman, Dustin Hoffman's a big role. It's based on an adaptation of, of course, John Grisham's classic novel. Remember when Hollywood was just doing every Grisham novel? And then after that, they start to do every every Nicholas Sparks novel. In 2004, she does the comedy Envy. Envy is oh, it's a pretty funny movie. It's got Stiller and Jack Black as friends. What happened to Jack Black, right? Stiller and Jack Black are friends. Then Jack Black wins the lottery and becomes really rich. And he's very gaudy. He overspends. And it's all about like Stiller not knowing how to handle the fact that his best friend has gotten rich. And it's directed by Barry Levinson, the iconic Barry Levinson. 2005 is a banner year for her because she does Constantine. And let me tell you, Constantine, she looks gorgeous. Constantine is the Keanu Reeves movie where he's fighting demons. And I think it's based on a comic, if I'm not mistaken. And she also does The Constant Gardener. And as I mentioned, The Constant Gardener, she does win her Academy Award uh, in that movie. It also has uh, Ray Fiennes as her love interest. And it takes place in Africa. And then 2008 has a very cute movie by her, Definitely Maybe. There's three love interests. It's Elizabeth Banks, Ella Fisher, and her. And it has Ryan Reynolds telling to her his young daughter, Isabel Breslin, the story about the three women in his life that he was in love with. And Rachel Weisz is one of them. And you have to figure out like which of these women is the mother, is her mother. And then you find out the end. It's a cute movie. She also does The Brothers Bloom that year, which is a, you know, it's a comedy, drama, caper type. It's done by Ryan Johnson, who later became famous for Knives Out. Let's take a break. I'm going to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. 
We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. Also, Ryan Johnson did the iconoclastic Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. So she does that. 2009, she does Lovely Bones, which is probably the most famous movie for... It's Peter Jackson directing, and it's got Saoirse Ronan as a young child. So she that's kind of her breakout movie. Um, aside from that, after that, her career kind of enters the desert. She doesn't do a lot of well-known movies. Uh, she does Dreamhouse, Deep Blue Sea. She does The Bourne Legacy, which is the Renner movie. I feel, I feel bad for Renner. You know, Renner gets replaced. He's supposed to take over Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies. And then Cruz is like, no, I'm going to continue. And then he's supposed to take 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 over for Matt Damon in the Bourne movies. And Matt Damon comes back. He's like, yes, all right. Then she's in Oz, the Great and Powerful. She plays Evanora. She's in that movie. That movie has problems in it. it it's, it's got potential because it's essentially about the Wizard of Oz. And it's directed by Sam Raimi. And it's got our boy... I don't want to say it's our boy, but it's got stoner par excellence... James Franco, and then it has as the three women. It's got Michelle Williams, it's got Rachel Weiss, and I can't remember who the other one is, to be honest. Then in 2015, she does two really good movies by great directors that are very small. She does The Lobster, which is Yorgos Lanthimos' movie that features... Uh, and we talk about this over in the episode we did on on uh, Colin Farrell. It's it's uh, some sort of like strange dystopian world where you have so many days until you turn into an animal. And so you have, I think it's like 40 days, you're in this hotel with other people and you have to bond with somebody. And if so, then you're able to breed and then stay as a human. But if not, you turn into an animal. So Rachel Weiss is the kind of the love interest in the movie. It's a strange movie, but all of Lanthimos' movies are strange. She does a movie called Youth that year, which is Paolo Sorrentino. I know Paolo Sorrentino most famous, for me at least, for doing the the Pope HBO dramas, The Young Pope, and then I think the, this, this, the, the, the second one was The Last Pope. I can't remember the second one he did. But this is a movie that it's uh, Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel are friends who reflect on their life while being in the Swiss Alps, and then they she's a character in this movie. It's kind of a... Very ser- it's very Sarantino in that it's kind of like poetic. It's extremely poetic kind of movie. Then she doesn't really do anything that's like well known. She does like movies like My Cousin Rachel and Disobedience. You know, a lot of these indie movies. And Rachel, I think Disobedience is the one where she has a lesbian relationship with Rachel McAdams, if I'm not mistaken. It takes place in the past. 
Then she does The Favorite in 2018. That is, again, her second nomination she gets. That's Yorgo Lanthimos again. And this is a, probably a more well-known movie than The Lobster. And The Favorite is about Queen... I want to say it's Queen Anne in the early 1700s. And it's essentially... That's played by Olivia Colman. I will always love Olivia Colman. Before she like... I mean, she was doing a lot of British television... But I always remember her as being the stepmom on the show Fleabag. But uh, you know, also, she was also in The Crown as well, of course. And uh, tons of other stuff. Tons of other stuff. Um, the Night Manager, she has a small role in that as well. But she's the queen and she's the long-standing favorite. And then Emma Stone comes along and tries to supplant her. And it's, it, it's one of those black comedies. It's a good movie. And she got nominated for that. And then really after that, she hasn't done pretty much anything. She she was in, she's got to get that paycheck. She was in the Black Widow movie, the one with ScarJo and Florence Pugh. And really she hasn't done much since then. Now some of this could be because, of course, she's aging out. But again, she's aging well and she's a relatively good actress. So I can see her getting roles in the future if she wants them. Uh, but part of it is that she did have a child around that time. And she had her child pretty old. If you do the math, she must have been 47 when she gave birth. Now, let's look at her personal life. So the the two most famous people that she's been with is Darren Aronofsky. So she started dating him in 2001. Let me tell you, Aronofsky, if this dude was not a director, like if he was just a barista, he would not have gotten both Rachel Weisz, you know, relatively at her peak at 29, they dated for a decade, 29-39. And then later he's with much younger Jennifer Lawrence. So if this guy wasn't a well-known director, these women would not give him the time of day. Let's be honest. He's not the most handsome man. But again, women are attracted to status. Men with status, men with fame, men with talent. So they dated for 10 years. They had a child in 2005, 2006. And they got married and then later they broke up in 2010. And I think it's interesting because it says in November 2010, they announced that they were going to separate. And then one month later, she openly starts dating Daniel Craig, who at this point, Daniel Craig, they had met in the movie Dreamhouse. I forgot to mention Dreamhouse because I didn't think it was that successful of a movie, but they had done that movie together. So... I find this relationship to be interesting because you think like Daniel Craig, most famous for being James Bond. I think he's great in Munich and some of his early works. And then, you know, Knives Out, I don't know. I, I don't know about his character there. But they're like English royalty. Like you think about two gorgeous people and you just think Daniel Craig and Rachel Weisz as a couple just makes complete sense. It just makes complete sense on so many levels. Uh, and they just look good together. So they got married in 2011, and they had a child in 2018. So again, she was 47, 48 when she gave birth to that child. So she has two children, one from Aronofsky and then one from Daniel Craig. And they have been together uh, since then. So they're just one of those quiet couples. So in closing, Rachel Weisz, keep acting. You're a good actress. You're a beautiful woman. You're going to age well. Got a great accent. You got a beautiful face. Love you to death. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rag. Let me know what you think about Rachel Vice. There's two links in the episode notes. 
One's for PayPal to make a donation. The other one is a link to the website, which hosts all the Let's Go Gregorio feeds, including this one. And lastly, please rate and review, which helps the algorithm. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.